Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where a Karen gets herself arrested. Our next Reddit post is from Malakissa. So the day after Christmas about 10 years ago, my brother called me up and asked for some assistance setting up his new computer. He lived down the road from a store that specialized in discount China, so naturally, it was extremely busy. As in, cars were parked everywhere, including on the grass in front of the store. And it was impossible to see around the corner of these cars if someone wanted to pull into the road. Unfortunately, the speed limit, which was 50 miles per hour, was also extremely fast. So while I was driving to my brother's place, I decided to play it safe and was driving about 30 miles per hour while going past this store. Even at this speed, when some guy decided to pull out into the road without checking, I couldn't stop in time to avoid hitting him. Now, I was driving an older Mitsubishi that already had some damage, and he had a small dent in his fender. So, I exit my car, take a look at the damage, and I turn around to see a furious older red-faced gentleman in front of me. Right after I tell him that it doesn't really look like much damage, so there's no need to contact the police, he proceeds to scream in my face about how I was speeding and this is all my fault. Oh, oh no, honey. A young woman driving by herself may appear to be easily intimidated, but I was trying to be nice. If you want the police involved, let's do it, buddy. I called the non-emergency line, explained there was a very minor car accident, and that the other driver was insisting it was my fault. So, I would feel better if the police were involved. The dispatcher got my information, stopped for a moment, and then quietly thanked me for calling the appropriate number, and told me that she also felt that it would be safer for me if the police were dispatched. After a 30-minute wait, an officer showed up at the scene. I, not being a total moron, sat quietly in my car and waited for him to come over to me. The other driver felt it was necessary to leap out of his vehicle and run over to the officer and start screaming and gesturing wildly. I didn't catch what he said, but I did see the look on the cop's face, and I was getting more and more amused. After the cop clearly told the guy to go back to his car, the cop came over to me and asked me what happened. I told him what was going on, and that not only had I deliberately been driving under the speed limit, but I had actually slowed down because of how busy this business was. He nodded and went back to measure the skin marks on the road, and confirmed that he believed that I was actually doing about 25 miles per hour, and he complimented my safe driving. The cop then proceeded to write the other driver a ticket. And then, the other driver pulled out of the parking lot a second time with his window down and flipped me off. At this point, the cop came over to me and explained that he wrote the ticket up as the other driver's fault. He said that he estimated about $1,000 of car damage. The cop also said, Darlin, I don't say this often, but I believe you should take that man's insurance company for every dime you can get. Thanks, other driver, for insisting that we call the police. And then beneath that, we have a similar story from Burr Sugar. One day when I was 21, I walked into my credit union and I made the final payment on the car that I bought when I graduated from high school. I decided that I'd go hang out with my grandma, so I started the one-hour drive. I was on a country highway doing 55 miles per hour when the car in front of me stopped short and I had to really slam my brakes. I missed the car in front of me, which promptly drove off, and the car behind me missed me. I looked up in my rearview mirror and I saw a very pained look on the face of the kid driving the car behind me. I was confused for a second. After all, he'd missed me. And then suddenly, I was jerked forward in my seat. The car behind him hadn't reacted quickly enough. So that car rear-ended him, and his car rear-ended mine in turn. There was enough time between him stopping and her hitting him that she couldn't have been paying attention at all. So here we are in a minor three-car wreck. 
Me and the kid behind me jumped out right away to assess the damage. I had just paid off my car, and I was furious. The kid in the car behind me, who later told me that he was 17 years old and had just gotten his license, was shaking and almost crying, talking about how this was his dad's car and his dad was gonna kill him. And then the third driver gets out, yelling, and demands, Who was driving the gold car? I explained that was me, and she started yelling at me for causing the accident. That she's making payments on her car, and that it's all my fault that it's wrecked. Her bumper was in pretty bad shape. She says she's 19 years old. I tell her that this was in no way my fault. That me and the 17-year-old had safely come to a stop before she hit us. She was not having it, and insisted that we call the police. The poor 17-year-old kid was actually crying now. I had told the girl that the person who does the rear ending is always at fault. So he was freaking out that he'd be in trouble since he technically rear-ended me. The girl has this crazy smirk on her face, confident that this was going in her favor. Not only did the cops give the girl a ticket and told her the entire thing was her fault, but also her insurance turned out to be expired by several months and she was arrested. I've never seen someone go from smug to panicking in such a short period of time. So, I guess if you're dumb enough to drive around without car insurance, you're also dumb enough to demand that someone call the cops when you're the criminal. Our next Reddit post is from Bribertronic. I'm a hairstylist. Last Wednesday between clients, I went to the gas station to get an energy drink and I was hit by a car coming out of the parking lot. My car was totaled. The cops came and both cars were towed from the scene. I texted my next client, apologizing and telling her that due to a serious accident, I would have to reschedule her appointment. My client said that she absolutely had to get her hair done before the 4th of July. I was standing in the street, looking at my car in pieces, on the phone with insurance, fielding questions from the cops, and yet, I still texted the salon owner asking if someone could take my clients for the day. The owner said that she'd figure something out and would make sure my client could still be seen. I passed this info on to the client, who said that she only wanted me to do it and she had to get it done ASAP. So, amidst all this chaos, I'm still worried about this client, who's a bad client by the way. She constantly complains about her hair, demands free redos, and only pays about 70% of what's owed. I see in my schedule that I have absolutely no room to fit her in before the 4th of July, so I walk back to the salon after my car is towed away and just take her anyway. Once I get in, she doesn't ask if I'm okay, and she doesn't thank me for making time for her. Instead, she launches into a three-hour-long bragging session about all the guys who are super into her and how she's dating a business mogul from Newport. The service goes as usual. I finish her hair three hours later, and I'm about to take her cape off and send her on her way when suddenly she has a problem with the color. She says it's too ashy. It's the exact same formula and color that I've done for her for years, but today it's wrong for some reason. Trying to remain cheerful and professional, I tell her that I'll put a new toner on her, no problem. At this point, my grandmother is on her way with my daughter to pick me up. I tone the client again, blow dry her hair again, and the client insists again that the color is too ashy. I explain to her that the second toner I use is the most golden color that exists. There's literally no way that I can make it less ashy. She's clearly just being a sadistic B-word. At this point, my grandmother comes into the salon to ask if I'm ready to go. My client is looking at her hair and says, You have to do something else. I can't leave like this. So my grandmother goes back to wait in the car. 
I decide to use a very, very gold color and tone her hair again for the third time. She comes back to the chair, and her hair is noticeably less ashy because it's basically orange. I hate this, says the client. I'm going to dinner with a guy from Newport tonight. I liked it better the first time. You need to do something else, just like you did it the first time. I've done your hair three separate times at this point, I say, packing up my stuff. As you know, my grandmother and my daughter have been outside waiting for me. Unfortunately, there's nothing else that I can do because there's now three layers of toner on your hair and a fourth layer will just make it worse. I hope you have a great week. I took her payment after she scoffed and forcefully handed it to me and I left. It probably wasn't my most professional moment, but I've been looking for an escape from that client for years and it was worth it. Our next Reddit post is from Trance. For clarity on this next post, collating a document is when you organize them so that they show up in the correct order, so page 1, page 2, page 3, etc. This can be a problem in the world of printing because sometimes you print out like 100 page 1s, then 100 page 2s, then 100 page 3s, so then you have to collate all these pages together so that each one is a set of page 1, page 2, page 3. Background, I've worked at multiple copy shops for a very long time. I've worked as lead production in multiple Kinkos, and subsequently I can make the copiers pretty much dance to any tune that I set. Anyway, I got a job in an incredibly busy, paper-oriented banking company. My boss was a rather stubborn, close-minded woman who liked to insult her underlings, which included me. When I started, I began streamlining her processes. Most of her time was taken up by physical labor, which the copiers could do automatically. I pointed this out early on to which she said, That's the way we've always done it, and I like it this way. There was an implied threat at the end of that sentence. Thankfully, we worked opposite schedules. So while she was there, it was business as usual, but I was blessedly alone for six hours after she and the others left. And let me tell you, things got done when I was alone at work. Turnaround times would drop from one to two days to less than five hours. The clients learned that if they brought their projects in after my boss left, they'd get them much sooner. All of this leads to a blow-up. I came into the basement shop early in the afternoon, and there are stacks of paper everywhere. This is a massive collation job, which the copiers can do automatically, of course. I open my mouth to say that, but my boss screams, No, don't touch anything. No touchy. Start working on the next job. I don't want you touching this one. The client is going to get this one on time, not one second earlier. I don't think my boss liked this client very much. One time, my boss's husband stared a little bit too long at this client, so there was a bit of jealousy. So I opened my email and started pumping out jobs. They were all collation jobs, ironically. Really small, really complicated jobs. They were all done and picked up by the time my boss was packing up to go home. I'm going home. Don't touch anything. This job is off limits. I confirmed. This job is off limits. Do not touch it. Five minutes after my boss leaves, the client calls. Is boss lady still there? I tell her no. I have to make massive edits to that job. It's like a whole new project. My boss point blank told me to not touch that project. If the project isn't done by morning, I'll lose my job. I know that she's over-exaggerating, but I have a way around my boss, so I say, send the project to me as a new project. Cancel the old project by email and let the boss lady know, and I'll see what I can do. The client is very appreciative and sends the files over. I set the machines up, and everything starts printing. 
All I have to do is refill the paper and put the automatically collated products into massive binders. Everything was done just before quitting time, and the client was there with their supervisor looking at the process that my boss was using versus just having the machines do it. The client asked, why was she doing it that way? I really don't know, but if I had to guess, I'd say that her bonus was tied to her profit. If she does all the collating by hand, then each time we touch a sheet of paper, it costs you money. And it's likely not discounted or included in your contract. The amount probably isn't much, but it can add up, especially at this company. The client and her boss thank me for getting everything done so quickly and I head home. The next day I get to the copy center and immediately my boss says, Go home! This woman is livid! Go home! Don't come in tomorrow! I don't care who calls you, you're suspended! I go home and proceed to go on a massive bender. There's no work the next day, so I turn my phone off. This prevents angry drunk dialing. Before I do, I text the client to let her know that I'll be out for a couple of days so she can expect production to slow down. During my time off, my boss calls and calls and calls a lot more. She leaves messages about coming back in and getting work done, etc. It turns out the client's boss called her boss, the CEO, and told him about the job that I'd done. The CEO liked the job that I did so much that he wanted to thank me and the client may have encouraged him to also double-check our contract. They sent us a new order with all the bells and whistles that I usually have the machines do, and the turnaround time was much faster than my boss could manage. I knew that I was about to be fired, so I reached out to a coworker who I used to have at Kinko's, and they agreed to hire me. So then, I informed my boss that I would be quitting. Boss lady was fired a week later. Apparently, the client was pissed off, which means that her boss was pissed off, which means the CEO was pissed off. That was our slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put on new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.